Welcome to Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer, the podcast that will increase your enjoyment of craft beer and of the people who make it. On this episode, we go from grain to glass with Brother Chimp Brewing Company from North Aurora, Illinois. We will dissect a beer myth and, as always, shine a very harsh, harsh light so harsh. on bad customer behavior and horrible host pronunciation. <laughs> Two harsh lights today. Before I go any further, Crafty Brewers, Tales Behind Craft Beer, is produced by the man behind the camera, the man behind the fancy new light rig, the man who never thought he would be working in video, award-winning <laughs> podcast producer Cody Goff. I'm beer drinker and Hellraiser Brian Noonan. With me, as always, she is the high priestess of hops, the matriarch of malts, the femme fatale of fermentation science. She is the co-owner of Exit Strategy Brewing Company, Catherine Vallow. Hello. Hey, buddy. How are you? I am good. I'm liking this where I'm this feeling... Is, I feel angelic and like... <clears throat> One, don't you feel a little bit like a little tiny baby cherub? No, I feel like a guy who's sitting in a brewery uh, doing a great podcast with a lot of lighting now and an exciting guest. I never feel like a cherub. Why? Well, All right. I mean, I think me. it's great. Well, you, you. Because it's like it's ethereal. It's like a nice profile. glow. It's like a nice glow. Oh, I don't fit the profile of cherub. I just, it was, well, it felt very, we right. just feel softly lit. We are softly lit. Next, he's going to put a cheesecloth over the lens. Softly so lit. we're very, uh, we're like Christine Baranski. That's kind of how we were at, at, uh, at Phobab. A little softly, softly lit. lit. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Some of us, <clears throat> man behind the camera. Harshly uh, lit? Harshly lit by the time things were over. Listen, let me introduce our guest. This is very exciting. Steve Newman is the owner, the founder, and he was the original head brewer of Brother Chimp Brewing in North Aurora, Illinois. We'll get to why he is no longer the head brewer. It's a tragic tale, Catherine. It sounds terrible. It's a, oh, it's a tale of intrigue and injury. It's, it's, there's many levels of this tale, but we'll get there. Hi, Steve. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. We're glad you're here. Thank you very much. For those who don't know, Brother Chimp Brewing is at 1059 West Orchard Avenue in North Aurora, Illinois. Uh, is that by Wayne and Gar's house at all? No, they're okay. in Aurora. I'm in North Aurora. All right. But it's easy to access off of Route 88 and Orchard Road, just two miles off the highway. Very nice. And you can check everything out at brotherchimpbrewing.com. That's, uh, that's the deal. So, Steve, as, as we always do, we start by busting a beer myth. And it's always nice to have a brewer and a brewery owner and a woman who has helped homebrew and brew here. So you guys know the stuff. I'm just a guy who drinks beer, and I've heard these tales all my life. So today's myth uh, for both of you, IPAs are always bitter. We say this almost every single episode with like, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. This, I think, is a two-part myth because there's a lot that we can talk about when it comes to IPAs. The first to get this kind of part out of the way is that IPA is now the umbrella term right? There are so many different kinds of IPAs. IPA is now like the Kleenex or the Band-Aid in the beer world, right? Where you oh, say okay. like, it's just the umbrella name for so many different kinds of IPAs. There are a gazillion different kinds at this point. There's hazies, juicies, danks, sours, white, black, mountain style, which we will Google because unashamed i have no idea what a mountain style ipa is i assume that it is probably tastes like tree roots and rocks and hops can, can i jump in for just a second because i had heard of a number of those ipa styles that you mentioned uh dank it's uh white and black i had never heard of yeah 
Yeah. Uh, as far as IPAs, what is that just like a light uh, a golden beer and a dark beer? It's malts. Yeah. yeah it's- I mean, a black IPA is basically just an IPA with some dark roasty malts yeah. to make oh. it look black. It's like a, I, yes, that's exactly it. It's a hoppy porter sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, just like the, the, there's the cold IPA now, too. Oh, yeah, right. Because that's just, just a, a lager with hops. R- right. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. get it. So, IPA has become this term that kind of we throw around when we think about a happy beer. Um, but back to the bitterness part of it. So, I think if we, we need to look at this in a couple different ways. Hops by nature are bitter, just like unbrew or unsweetened tea is bitter. Coffee without creamer or sugar is bitter, right? Like, and there is a section of your tongue that senses bitterness. And a so, section of my soul that is always bitter. Well, my heart is always bitter. Yes, but so, that's different. Right. We, but we digress. A lot of layers here, Steve. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I think one of the things that we need to consider when we talk about all IPAs being bitter is the, is the truth part to that of they are because the hop is inherently bitter. Now, you can also reverse this and say, no, it's, it can also be false. And here's why. The way that you extract the characteristics from the hop can increase bitterness, decrease bitterness. The amount of hops you use can increase bitterness, decrease bitterness, whatever. So are all IPAs bitter? Inherently, I believe 100% absolutely they are because that is what you are aiming for. But I also know that production-wise, you can mess with the levels of bitterness based on how you are brewing, when you are adding your hops, and how you're adding your hops. All right, so that's I'm yeah. going to ask Steve. Can you explain that, how, yeah, yeah. One, how one beer, I can put hops in it and it not be as bitter. I can put the same hops in in, in a different way, and they're gonna, it's going to be more bitter. So timing has a lot to do with that, right? How long are you boiling the hops? How much of the bitterness are you extracting from the hop? What hop is it? How much floral characteristic does it? How much fruit? There are hops that taste like mangoes and coconut and all sorts of things. I mean, we have people accuse us in our hazy of putting fruit in it. There's no fruit in our hazy. It's just what you're able to get from the variety of hops that we use. I think where this myth came from was the early days of craft beer when there were what I would call the bittering wars. If you remember, everybody yeah. wanted, it's got to be over 100 IBUs, right? Lord and and people just oh, made right. them as bitter Whoa. as they can. So I still have people come in and say they don't like hoppy. And I try and correct them, do you not like bitter? Right. Because if what you don't like is bitter, go ahead and try our hazy. You might find you really enjoy it. Right. Well, I think it's interesting. I'm sorry, Brian. Oh, no, um, no. It's interesting, too, when we talk about hop varieties specifically with IPAs, because when we're brewing IPAs, you are looking for very specific hops for very specific characteristics. Um, Azaka is one of my most favorite hops because mm-hmm. it smells like mango and it presents with mango and like it's just so mango-y yeah. and wonderful. But then you can find another hop, Barbarouge, French hop. Uh, when you open the bag of hops up, it smells like strawberries. Like you wonder where the strawberries came from. Right. Or you get into your West Coast, and you go real piney and you're getting these like super, super piney hops. Is that a dank? Because when I hear dank, I think of soggy underpants. What what is it? What is a cool. dank IPA? Hit it. And it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Well, because so, it's uh, you hear that and people throw it around like everybody should it's know It's an what IPA it is. that smells like weed. Yeah. Oh, it right. smells like that, weed. It smells a, like bad. That's pot. way to describe oh, it. Yeah. So okay. a dank IPA smells like bad pot. It smells like cheap pot. Yeah. 
And that's because, so, um, cannabis and the, the cannabis and, and hops, hops are, are in the same They're first family. cousins. Right. Oh, yeah. Like they right. hang out at reunions yeah. together and split their <laughs> mac and cheese. Okay. Like that's where they live. So you get a lot of characteristics, but dank IPAs, they just really smell okay. like bad weed. Yeah. All right, Steve, <laughs> if I have found like back, I was one of those people who, when the, I guess the bitterness wars were going on, I did not like the overly bitter IPAs. I still don't. But I find a dry hopped IPA to me is different, and I, I'm much more tolerant of that bitterness. What is it about dry hopping that makes that cuts that bitterness out? You still get it, but it's not like overpowering. So, so I talked about the boil, right? Right. So the bitterness comes from the boil, and how long is the hop sitting in the boil before you do it? That's right. why for a lot of the hazing things that aren't as bitter, you throw those hops in at the end, or you dry hop them, which is done after the boil completely and after kind of during the primary fermentation after a couple oh. of days, you add more hops to them, which can be okay. really exciting if you're the one dumping the hops in <laughs> and you can get quite the reaction. Oh, oh really? Still oh, from yeah. the beer. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's super and that's fun. <laughs> where you get a little bit of hop creep, too, coming from. That's um, right. And well, hop creep, we could talk about that for days <laughs> and days and days. You can save that for another podcast. We can. We, we can. will. But hop creep is one of those fascinating things that like when you... You know when it happens, and you know when it's about, like, you can just see it and sense it and all of it. Maybe we'll make that a holiday episode. Oh. Hop, cre hop creep, the holiday, uh, the holiday ho, hop. Ho, hop. We will do that. You. Let me reintroduce our guest, yes, because uh, I have a feeling this man has some stories to tell. Steve Newman is the owner and the founder and the original brewer at Brother Chimp Brewing in North Aurora, Illinois. Brotherchimpbrewing.com for all their information. Uh, again, we're glad you're here. I like to ask everybody because uh, every brewer came from somewhere different. What brought you to beer? So I've loved beer pretty much my whole life. So you know, I'm older than most people that start a brewery. <laughs> and so Challenge. back when I was in college, there was no craft beer. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, it wasn't legal to brew your own beer. Really? No, it wasn't. But shortly you after I graduated, it prohibition? was. Well, no, you couldn't legally homebrew until I think it was 1989 Wow, is when it became legal. Okay. And I graduated undergrad in 84. Okay. So I remember after it became legal, I had some friends try and do it, and they weren't very good at it. <laughs> and for years, I thought you couldn't make good homebrew. Yeah. So I just, I was the guy though, back in the eighties that was drinking the Guinness and the harp and the bass and just trying to find beer with more flavor than butter, Bud Light or Miller. Right. And so then shortly after I retired early, my first retirement, as my wife always reminded me, um, <laughs> what did you do? I, I had worked retirement? for Boeing before oh, okay. that. Well, I'd also been an attorney. I'm like way overeducated and worked too many <laughs> different things. But so my neighbor comes over um, with some homebrew and it was delicious. And I now had time on my hands. So I'm like, wait a minute, you made this. You have to show me how. And Lobahun, he teaches me, I find my local homebrew shop and start homebrewing. And then everybody's telling me it's good. And I'm like, well, who's going to really tell me it's bad. So I enter a couple of competitions. I did one for, um, Urban Knaves of Grain does their big one. And I got a gold medal for a Beer that I still haven't brewed at the brewery yet, so oh. I need to do that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That, why not? Well, so 
It actually wasn't the beer I had intended to enter. I had intended to enter my Red Owl. And when I went to pull some sample bottles, I realized I had grossly underestimated how much was left in the keg. And so I had two, two beers left or six, whatever I needed for the competition was left of this beer I'd done six months ago, which, you know, you always want to put in fresh beer. But I'm like, it was a pretty good, it was the only home brew that I ever dry hopped, talking about dry hopping. All right. It was a brown ale. And um, so I said, it's what I have left. Let's enter it and give it a try. So it was not the one I expected to win at all. Right. And it wow. got me a gold. It Very sounds. Nice. So happy brown. Yeah. It sounds So an American, really cool. basically an American brown American, versus okay. all right. what I have here in the smile is an English, English. brown, which is Love what English. I prefer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, then Skeleton Key had their incubator program going at the time. So I entered that competition. That's, I think they're going to hopefully be getting back to it sometime. But um, what they used to do is basically a homebrew competition. And if you had to win a category within the competition of beers, and if you won a category, then they would interview you and you could get into this whole great incubator program that they had where I worked at all aspects uh, of the brewery. I got to brew with John, their brewer. I got to work behind the bar and, you know, clean kegs, fill kegs, learn everything I was going to have to do, work on the business plan, get some pointers about, no, you're not going to spill that much beer in an hour and (laughs) all these great things. Um, So it was a wonderful experience. And that's actually the first time I brewed Smile as the graduation from that program. You get to brew one of your beers on their big system. Very good. So well, let's that's what Tony, began. let's take a second. Can we can we pour a smile? Let's pour some smile. Oh, and then can we, we pour a smile? Can we pour a like smile? Like tiny baby cherubs, softly lit, pouring <laughs> smiles. All right, which come on, man. <laughs> this smile break brought to you by Brother Chimp Brewing. <laughs> I didn't have to look at what the brand was. I, was I just say, I just what it's just a dramatic pause. <laughs> But it made it was seem it? like I didn't know who you were. No, uh, like the smile break is again <laughs> with these baby cherubs and pouring smiles and you know what? No more happiness on this show. That's you're not wrong. <laughs> back to smile. Are we back? All right. Well, we have poured our smile from Brother Chimp Brewing Company. Steve Newman is the man who created this. So you were saying this is the beer when you finished the incubation program at Skeleton Key. This was your graduation beer that you brewed. Yes, it was. So tell us about Smile. It smells amazing. So I guess the first thing I should say about Smile is the original name for Smile was going to be the best way to start your day. But I thought Folgers might get mad at me. Sure, sure. And I also kind of have a pet peeve about long beer names. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, I I can't do that then, right? So I thought about it. And really, a Smile is the best way to start your day. So that's where you landed on Smile. This is amazing. I've tried now, to tell my wife I should have a beer first thing in the morning. She does not believe yeah. me. So <laughs> we, we await your lawsuit. The best part of wake is Smile. Never mind. So what I love about it is I just, I love traditional kinds of beer. Um, oh, it's delicious. Brown ale is great to me. And usually when you can find brown ales now, they're American brown ales, which are, the, we talked about the hop. And to me, they put a little hop in it, gets away from some of that roasty sweetness that you can get from a good brown ale. I abs- I could not agree with you more. English brown ales are one of my most, like my favorite styles. I'm going to cradle it gently to warm it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, it will get better. Like a, and this is like a like sweet baby chair. One of my um, 
first beers that I also played with as a home brewer. So when I first made this beer, we have an espresso maker at home, the espresso one, and I used to do it with their chocolate espresso. Ooh. So it would get the chocolate espresso, a little vanilla bean, and my mm. coffee recipe, and just enough to give it, you know, it's not like drinking a cup of coffee at all, but it just got a little extra boost. Yeah. You get yeah, some yeah. of the coffee notes just That's, from the roasty grains anyway. And I find a lot of places that try a coffee beer, there's too much, and I drink a lot of coffee, but there's too much coffee. This, you're right. It's there, you you get it, but it doesn't slap you in the face. It's it's just, oh, that's very nice and covered. Cody is, Cody so is nice. crying now because he loves beers with coffee, and you had dental work, and you're on drugs, and so you can't Sorry, drink. Cody. Sorry, uh -uh. Cody. Sorry, no. Cody. We'll, we'll, we'll send him home with one. Yeah. No Not smile smiling. on that side of the camera. <laughs> So this this you brewed and and immediately when you when you opened Brother Chimp, which we're gonna I gotta I gotta find out about the name. But the uh, this was was this the first beer that you brewed in your own place too? Um, it wasn't. I, I should know which beer we actually brewed first. The truth is, when I opened, the other thing I left off in my notes to tell you things was Pilot Project I used before oh, I opened. Oh, oh really? Because, okay. I, I mean, I did spend a couple of years planning this out and seeing some of the issues that people ran into, yeah. right? And yeah. part of it is you start a new system, you're really not sure how it's going to go. Okay. Are you going to produce good beer? And it takes you weeks to write stockpile beer once you get your license. You can't brew before you get your license, but you can sell beer as soon as you get your license. So oh, I wanted to okay. make sure I could start selling beer day one. Yeah. Now, yeah. day one is another story we'll get yes. to later. <laughs> but There's a lot there, of intriguing there, there were, tales. There, 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 were, there <laughs> were some issues with that plan, but it was, it was a smart plan. Yeah. So basically, I picked what we call the original six beers okay. now that were brewed at Pilot Project, and Smile was among those original six. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the other five? Yeah. I better I'll get in I trouble. Was I was hoping. So... Um, Sigfi, which actually is my dryer stout okay. and was the beer that I got into the incubator program at Skelnsky with, was one of them. For the Masses, which was the sure. IPA that I determined I needed to brew. And they're all um, Because all let's, the time. let's let right. me pause there. You didn't want to brew an IPA, correct? You didn't want to open with an IPA. No, because I was tired of everybody having these bittering wars and I wasn't going to be a part of it. Okay. But it also is supposed to be a for-profit venture. <laughs> Emphasis yeah. on supposed. Supposed We're, to be, sure. We busted the beer myth that all beer is, <laughs> is a profitable industry. Yeah. So I did, missed that. Did somebody talk oh. you into it, or did you have uh, an epiphany one day and went, boy, people are drinking these, I probably should have one? I talked to enough brewers before they opened, and I figured if everybody told me I was insane to try and open a brewery without an IPA, they I'm were probably it. right. So I would do it. And so I kind of, I have to be a fan of Bell's Two-Hearted. And so I went ahead and modeled a beer after that, a nice, clean, crisp West Coast IPA that I think's very drinkable and I can enjoy. There you go. So that's what I, I went with. And the, it is named for the masses because I didn't brew it for myself. It is I brewed it for, for the, the masses. masses. That makes nice, sense. nice, nice. So you're you're at Pilot Project. You have the original six. Things are looking good. You decide it's time to open. How'd you come up with Brother Chimp Brewing? Where where does that name come from? So I have a fantasy baseball team for over thirty five years now, and wow. it's it's huh. 
Wow. That How? just seems no. Wow, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a long I, I, time to have we, a fantasy team. We That's may, great. And we still have like nine of the original ten owners, so we may be the longest running fantasy have dynasty in the country. You contacted Guinness, I, not we, we the should. beer company. Yeah. Oh, it is the same though. It is the same company, but anyway. All right, still. So the name of that team is the Chimp Monks. Okay. So I thought, well, chimps are fun, right? Sure, yeah. Monks no beer. Chimp Monk Brewing would be a great name. Sure. Oh, yeah. But what does that also sound like? Chipmunks. Chipmunks. Right. And everybody was getting confused. <laughs> so the, I'm yeah. like, right? I can't have a confusing name and try and start this for profit, supposedly. <laughs> Again, business. without an IPA. So big air quotes. How, how big can we air quote that? Our name is confusing. We don't have IPAs. Uh, yeah, we're going to be great. But welcome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, it so it took a while. And you notice he's wearing his robe. So I yes. thought a brother is like a monk. Sure. We'll call it Brother Chimp. Same concept, same yeah. great logo that a buddy of mine came up with. Nice. And uh, we were off to the races as it was, or so we thought. And sure. it's exciting sure. because you're getting ready to open. This is a this is a big thing. You've you've brewed for a while. You have these great beers. You set your opening. We're going to open on March sixteenth, twenty twenty. That is a horrible, horrible uh, confluence of events that befell you and Brother Chimp Brewing. Yeah, and and for for a long time, I did blame myself for the pandemic because the other thing I didn't tell you is I signed my lease in July of 2020 and i no in july of 2019 okay. and i told people that i was going to open in six months and everybody looked at me and told me that i was crazy there was no way you will get it done within that time period and i said nope i've got to make money i've got to make this happen it is going to happen this is my full-time venture now and i hired a general contractor we will get it done okay and we kind of got it done, but it didn't really happen because of the pandemic. Because something had to stop me from actually getting it done in six months. And wow. you know what? A global pandemic it was. Yeah. Woof. Can you, I, I can't imagine what was going through your head. You're ready to open and then the world is shut down. So you were supposed to open in March. When did you actually get to, when did the public get to have their first pint of your beer? So I didn't get to serve the first pint until May 29th when outdoor seating was open. Now, we did, the original plan really was soft open on March 17th, St. Patty's Day. It'd be fun. Remember it, right? But so I was told you about pilot projects. So yes. on the Sunday before the 17th, I rent a truck. I'm going downtown to pick up my beer, bring it back to the oh. brewery. That morning on the radio, it's announced Pritzker said no more than 50 people in a bar. Well, at the time, I had about a 35-person capacity in my bar. So I'm like, oh, this is no problem. We can still go forward sure. with the plan. Sure. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize how much beer weighed. We had to make two trips with the truck because it was would have been overweight. Okay. By the time we're making the second trip, it's announced that all bars as much close at 9 p.m. on Monday. So this is a change. I have all my licenses. I'm ready to go. I need. I don't know how long that closure is going to last. I call two, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's what Did you, told we were us. only down for two, two weeks, weeks that yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I call <laughs> just a few, a handful of friends. I'm not going to make a big announcement and have a hundred people. I sure. believed in science and there was a reason they were doing it. Sure. Yeah. So I had a few buddies over and I, you know, I comped all their beers so I can still say I didn't sell my first pint until. May 29th okay. of 2020. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we basically closed for, I think it was a day or two. And then they said it was okay to sell beer to go. So it was kind of super interesting. Luckily, I had ordered some growlers. 
to to be ready for open. But that was all I could do was sell beer to go to people who had never had my beer before, right? Except for a couple of, you know, the other thing I did the beer at first was to get it into a couple of local bars. So there were a couple of people who had tried it, but then you also couldn't let people taste it. And so I finally just started to send people outside mm-hmm. with little tasters okay. to try the beer. Because I'm like, how can I get people to buy my beer when they've right. never tried? You know, yeah, exactly. Buy it. You'll like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you got to trust me. I promise. You gotta taste it. it's, it's good. really good. Right. I've mm-hmm. won. I've won medals and awards. I mean, this is real stuff. So that that happens, and <clears throat> you were able to ride it out. Um, when you're fi- when that when May comes and you're finally able to have people outside. And it's these people, like you said, they've never tried your beer before. The challenge of opening is one thing. The challenge of opening when people can't really come in and talk to you about your beer and do all of that. How did you address those extra challenges that a lot of places, you know, that had been open before didn't have to worry about? Yeah, It, it was really hard. And I still feel yeah. like I run into way too many people close by that still today don't know that we exist. And, you know, I kind of missed that grand opening with lines out the door that people had. I was fortunate that both my landlord and the village were good enough to let me take some parking spaces out front and out back. Um, Well, because you couldn't get sick if you were outside. You could only get sick if you stayed inside. Well, and then I love all the people who... The tents, right? Right. And the four-sided tents. So the four-sided tent with like heating fans. We were like, you are, you're a petri dish. Yeah, we are inside again. Yeah. Right. So also, we're still inside outside. <laughs> we we did have a two-sided tent. Yeah. And we got the construction, you know, blowing the heat in. So we were always in open air. We stayed outside all the way. The first time somebody had a pint inside my brewery was February of 2021. Isn't that insane. Wow. So we did a polar chimp club. Okay. And, you know, I dropped prices a buck. So it was like $5 beers. Mm-hmm. And I gave people prizes for taking pictures outside in the cold. Nice. The record was set at minus four degrees. I actually have their club members today oh that, that, wow. that drank a pint outside. That It was a very, very fast pint. I was going to say it yeah, had to be like pretty quick. Salad five <laughs> gulps. And I was a little disappointed because I showed up. It was a Sunday, I remember, because Ross was working and I had come in. I was going to set the record and I was going to, okay, I'm going to go do this and just suffer it so that I can have that beer, you know, at below zero. And at the time it was like minus one. And Ross told me, don't, don't bother. Phil was in earlier and he set the record at (laughs) minus four. Jesus. I mentioned earlier that you started, when you started, you were the head brewer. Yes. And then- once again, the fates seemed to conspire against you. Um, it wasn't that there was a coup at Brother Chimp Brewing and they ousted you as the head brewer. You kind of ousted yourself. What happened? So I tore my posterior tibial tendon. And for Which those is of us where, that yeah. aren't in medicine. So, so it's the other major tendon other than the Achilles tendon. Okay. Which I've now since torn that too. Um <laughs> Dude. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is, I'm just out of the boot for the first time this week. Oh, my God. Come on. Those you need boots just, are rough. Just sit and drink. Yeah. You don't need to be wandering around. And, you know, so it was how actually, did you do that? I say bad fortune, but it was good fortune. Okay. Because Sam, my brewer, I wouldn't have had if it hadn't happened. I was just getting to the point where, of realizing you can't run the brewery and be the brewer all on your own. Okay. It just stuff wasn't getting done and couldn't get done. I had to decide between the two. And since I'm also the sole investor, I felt better about maybe I better 
do the running side of it. And I knew there were people more experienced and, okay. you know, yeah. better than Sam is just fantastic. We've won uh, five different uh, United States Spirit Tasting Championship Best in the Midwest yeah. awards yeah, yeah. with That's Sam Brewing. Nice. So he, I love everything he does and it worked out well. I was able to steal him from um, two brothers at the time. He was brewing on their pilot system sure, yeah. and it's just one of those things that I think has worked out really That's well awesome. and I, I couldn't be happier to have him. And when you bring Sam in, you've you've got your recipes and your beers. Yeah. Is there a collaboration? Do you say, okay, these are our beers, I want you to brew them? Or do you kind of back off and go, here's here's like our core, but then you do, you work your magic over here and everything will blend together? Yeah, we, we kind of have conversations about the beer. So there are the core beers that are popular and people like, and I think Sam has tweaked a couple of them <laughs> just a little bit every now and then, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but he keeps them pretty true to what they were for the, you know, original six. And then, you know, he is since he's the one who came up with the hazy that we do, Tropical Chimp. And, okay. you know, he's got that as an incredibly popular beer for us now. And um, yeah, so I, we kind of talk about, well, what do we think will work well? What's kind of missing from it? Um, but I really leave most of the beer design to him. Sure. Because he sure. does a great yeah. job with it. And one we've got coming up that I'm super excited about is... Um, we're calling it Chantrellis. It is a Hellas brewed with 31 pounds of chanterelles. Holy smokes. Really? That, friends, if yeah, we that, could take that a Sam and um and some of our regulars. And I actually forged for a couple of pounds of them. So I think it's important to note yes. a mushroom weighs nothing. Like one mushroom by itself yeah. does not weigh a lot. It's like so foam. 31 pounds. There's probably a human person that's like 31, but like that's a bag of something that I can look like that's my groceries or whatever yeah. of mushrooms, which is an enormous amount because again, one mushroom doesn't weigh anything. Like no. it's not like heavy mushroom. That's an enormous amount of mushrooms. That's going to be incredible. And chanterelles are so delicate and lovely. Mm -hmm. Are they like the cherub of mushrooms? I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. All right. Now I got to ask because I love Hellas. You might be the cherub of mushrooms. Uh, I'm something. Uh, <laughs> I like I love drinking Hellas. I'm not a mushroom guy. What will the chanterelles do to the hell? What what are you what is going to come out? What what characteristics are you going to get from the chanterelles that will enhance the Hellas? So it's actually sitting in the lagering tank and I, I may have stolen a little taste today <laughs> as it's coming along. Um it's not I think it's, it's quality it's, control. Yeah. That's it right. is. It's quality control. Absolutely. It's an QC. important job. You're the QC, boss. QC, QC. I, I am, you know, I may have seen the, the brewer job. I am not going to give up on quality control. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Um, but it gives, I think, a certain nice mouthfeel I'm getting from it. And there's also, so Santrells have almost a little bit of an apricot yeah. kind of-ness okay. to them. So just very subtle apricot kind of sweetness Ooh. added to a lovely clean Hellas that Sam does. Oh. And um, wow, I am I just can't wait. That for sounds it. fantastic. Yeah. And when is the when's the target for that release? Brian just a is few weeks. His route now. Well, no, I got you know, I have I hear something like that and I'm right. I'm curious because you know, I, like I said, I'm not a mushroom fan. Sure, sure. But I am a Hellas fan. And now apricots sound good yeah no so it's, it's it's it all sounds very that's why i like that's why i love talking to brewers because you're like mad scientists and you come up with things that on paper 
most you know people who aren't in the industry would go mushroom beer Ugh. so what's interesting when you said that it's changing or adding to the mouthfeel I'm now thinking about wilting down mushrooms and I'm thinking about this nature's ma- like cooking magic right like when yeah. you add heat to something right. what it does right like when your mushrooms release all of that mushroom liqueur that they release when yeah. you're cooking them like over a flame or whatever the same thing is going to happen and that they've just when they release all their, I love mushrooms. So when they release all of their beautiful mushroominess, it does, they go very velvety. Mm-hmm. So that's super interesting because I'm getting, yeah, it's got it to be like a very smooth, like there's got to be a little extra body, right? Yeah. From the mushroom. Ooh, ooh. All right. That's how Chantrellis. So Chantrellis, it's it's fermenting now. It's in the, you said it's lagering. Is that, do yeah. I have that part right? Yes, okay, we do so have lager lagering. tanks. So, so we- it's there and you're anticipating it coming out early December. That should be, is that? I, I, I think that's okay. right. Because depending on when this airs, people are either going to be anticipating it or rushing out immediately to try it. Yeah, I would rush. Rush. I will be rushing. Rush that to North Aurora. fabulous. All right. It sounds so cool. We have three questions that we ask every brewer. Uh, so it's time for the big three. We always ask the hill you will die on, the one beer. Now, you've already acquiesced for the masses and done an IPA. But is there one style of beer that no matter how popular it gets, <laughs> you are like, no, this is where I draw the line. I cannot be part of this. This is just my favorite because I, I like hold my breath for the answers. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, um, it, the milkshake with Woo! lactose in it. No, there it is. <laughs> wow, there it is. Just about that, except for one brewer. That is the universal answer. What is it about the the lactose and the milkshake IPAs that you're just, you know? So our tagline is craft beer that tastes like beer. Sure. How do I? A milkshake doesn't taste like beer. <laughs> Not generally. It's fine, and I have nothing wrong with them. Some people that make some delicious sure. tasting milkshake. Couldn't agree with you more. Beers. But, but it's not for you. It's not going to be me. All right. Um, it's just so funny that so many people yeah. have been like, I can't do that. And yet people are drinking them all over, but I, I'm. that's not my thing either. All right, question number two. Is there a beer that you've brewed, and even if it was really popular, a style, something, it, it was close to your heart, people at Brother Chimp loved it, but you're like, I, I'm not doing that one again. For whatever reason, it was too many ingredients, whatever whatever it was, something that you won't brew again. But I absolutely won't brew again, but I've already brewed. You've already brewed it, and and maybe maybe it was a big success, maybe it was eh, middling, but for whatever reason, you won't do it again. So I can say highly, highly unlikely I would do it again. Okay. I don't like good. to ever say never. All right, fair enough. Because that's always fair bit enough. me sure, in the butt. You know, I, for years I said I'd never make an IPA, okay? So, <laughs> so I'm trying to learn my lesson. Right. But we did this beer we called Clyde, and it was actually a pastry stout. No lactose added, but it was <laughs> okay. Um, okay. toasted coconut and vanilla and Ooh. cocoa nibs. And it was super popular, and our local uh, pizza place, Raimondo's, was great and let us toast the coconuts in oh, their nice. oven, so it was really easy. But then we have all these you know, sacks filled of <laughs> toasted coconut 
in the fermenter, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure I would lose Sam if I ever made him brew that again because of how impossible it was to get them all out. Oh, okay. So <laughs> imagine, if you will, a giant, it's like the, the sack yeah. that Steve saw. It's like just an enormous tea bag okay. that you have to get into your fermenter, and then you have to get it out. And if during transfer... And any, like if you're if you miss even a little bit of it and it's like stuck, it's just it can be a mess. Yeah, and we're mm-hmm. little. We're five barrel. Right. We don't have any larger than five barrel fermenters. Okay. Right. So we've got this small opening at the top. Uh huh. And you, so you can only make it so big. Yep. And you have to tie it with and fish arms line. Are only so long. And yeah. Right. And then. <laughs> okay. So Clyde will Clyde may not make a make a return appearance. The odds are against it. Okay, fair enough. And our final question we ask every brewer, when you go home and it's time to relax, what's your go-to beer just sitting around the house? Um, Whether it's one of yours or something else. It's it's probably now check, please. It's our um, premium check lager or check pills. And I've just always, that to me, a, a check is kind of the quits, quintessential beer, if you will. And it just, I say if, you know, if you tell me there was, it may not be always my favorite beer, but if you tell me there was just one beer Mm -hmm. that I could drink the rest of my life, that's the beer I could drink the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because I get a little bit of everything from it. There's that hop to it. It's beer flavored beer. It's super simple. It's basically, you know, and and to me, it brings together, I like to say the best of both worlds because we make it with old school, um, floor malts, um, from Europe. And then we use the size hop, but we use super size from our friends at Hophead Farms right here locally. Oh, we nice. love and Hophead so, Farms, and we uh, love Super Size. Right. Also, it's so, so fun to say. it's just, to me, it's a melding of the best of two worlds. And, oh, uh, wow. yeah. I, yeah. I, All right. That super sounds... Size is cool. That's a cool hop. And, again, it's so fun. Is it? Super Size. And, super and, size. and it is one of our most popular beers yeah. when it's oh, out. Yeah. But we do it traditional, so it is, it is eight weeks of lagering. So it is a long time to make, sure. and we can't make it as often and as I would like. What is the season for for that? Like. It, it, is it, it a fall it'll, beer, or a summertime beer? It's when I can fit it into the all beer right. schedule. That's the, kind enough. of the great thing about a check pills, too. It is it's good anytime. Yeah, I was going to say, right. you can it always should, drink yeah, a if I, if I had the lagering space, it would be on all the time. Okay. But I'm right. not going to compromise on how I make that. Our American pills, I can make a lot quicker. It's a different beer. It can mm-hmm. be done that way. Okay. I'm not going to mess with check, please. Well, Brother Chimp Brewing, craft beer that tastes like beer. They're at 1059 West Orchard Road in North Aurora, Illinois. BrotherChimpBrewing.com is the website. On all the socials, it's Brother Chimp Brewing, correct? Yes? Brother Chimp Brewing, yes. Brother Chimp Brewing. Brother Chimp Brewing. Um, Thanks, Steve, for being here. Steve Newman is the owner. He's the founder. He was the man who taught us all today to smile. Did you like that, Catherine? I did. I did that schmaltz I did. for you. Thanks, buddy. And that's not the that's not the kind of malts I like. First of all, I need some schmaltz in my life, I know. so that's fine. So and um, so, if people are coming, we we talked about smile. We talked about check, please. What else? What else is here? If people are coming and they haven't been to Brother Chimp Brewing before, what would be if 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 I came in for my first time? What should my flight be? What should I try right out of the box? Ooh. So I'm going to ask you what you like, okay? because one of the things we, and the reason I just have one hazy and one West Coast IPA is that leaves me 10 other taps that I can keep a variety. So we always try and have um, a 
a couple of lagers on. Nice. So either a Pills or a Hellas, our Vienna lager will be out Ooh. shortly after the Chantrell Hellas, which okay. is very popular, Ludwig. And then um, we also will always have something in the Belgian yeah. family, yeah, yeah. be it a Cezanne or actually we're just getting ready. We'll be brewing this week our uh, blonde, um, nice. Belgian blonde, and then we'll follow that up with the double we do every year, which is called Winter in Bruges. Um, and then... We always, I love, I'm a lover of the English ales. Yeah. So right now we have Shiloh, which I call a English pub ale. So people will buy it. It's an ordinary bitter that's delicious. It's just three and a half percent ABV. Perfect. People don't understand how much flavor can be packed into three and a half percent. It's what part of what I love about beer, and you'll find most of our beers between four and six percent ABV because friends should be able to sit down have a couple of beers, and get home safely. Well, and we see, Perfect. too, trending in the industry right now is showing that we're going back to lower ABV beers. We're going back to sessionable things that you can sit around and have yeah. a couple, well, two, couple, two, couple two tree. Yeah. You know? Very nice. Yeah. Well, everybody needs to get to Brother Chim Brewing in North Aurora. Steve, before we go, we like to uh, we like to turn – Catherine likes to turn the spotlights, and now that we have more light, she's going to make them even harsher. And uh, as, a, as a business owner – Feel free to jump in. It's time for this week in bad customer behavior. It's true. And I, I do feel like maybe it's time that I say this. I don't hate human people. And I, I, get, I derive very little joy from talking about bad behavior, except I derive all of the joy from it. And generally speaking, we don't get much. When we do get it, it hits pretty hard. Um, so in this week's episode of uh, bad customer behavior, we are in the Midwest. Uh, and we have construction season, summer, and winter. That's it. <laughs> That's all we have. During our winter season in the Midwest, we are assaulted with rock salt. Road salt, rock salt, we are assaulted with it. It is everywhere. Right. Yes? yes? Yes. We put it down just in mass, and it ends up in everyone's home and in everyone's carpet and all over the place. But it also but, keeps us from sliding off an embutment. It sure does. And I mean, it's we can't sing its praises enough because when you don't have a salted road, you're pissed. When you do have a salted road, you're very grateful. Uh, for any friends listening not in the Midwest, road salt or rock salt is like a giant pebble, right? Um, also, congratulations on escaping winter if you don't know what rock salt is. So here we are in a winter season, rock salt everywhere, whatever. Full house, super crowded. Um, with the design of our space, we have two swinging doors that lead in and out of our kitchen area that are in constant motion, okay? Someone is coming, someone is going, doors are swinging. Uh, we are just running our asses off. And all of a sudden, like all of my servers stop because there is like a two-year-old sitting outside the kitchen doors, eating road salt. Now, the bad behavior was not the child. This child didn't know that salt was delicious. Was it? I don't know, because rock <laughs> salt is also poisonous. Well. It is highly poisonous. For all you children watching. Right. You shouldn't so be watching. So for toddlers, don't eat rock salt. Parents, do not let your children eat salt off the road. Wait, it's not just salt? No, it's not just iodized table salt. I don't know how it works. That's why. Oh no, there's like, 
chemicals. Hydrochloric something or other. It's like bad. That's not good. That's why no. you can't use that same salt if you have pets. You have to put right. So you, you have can't to put like, a different kind of stuff right. down. You in your can't. Yard. Have your pets' paws like it. They it burns their little paws. Oh, okay, noted. Yeah. So no. So think of your child's insides, Cody. Sure. After last have... winter when you let him eat like a pound and a half of it. The only pet we have is fish right now. So, so... the fish is not going to walk on the salt, which is great. Right. But don't let the kids throw the also salt in the fish. Also, don't let the kids tank. eat the salt. Okay. So here we are with like a two and a half year old sitting outside swinging doors that are like, people are trying to get in and out of the kitchen. And the kid is like just eating salt. My server goes over to the child and not in any aggressive way was very much like, Buddy, I need to move you. Not only are you about to get like dinged in the noggin because this door is swinging, but you are eating poison and that's bad. So forklift style, right? Like not a hug, not a nothing, like kind of forklift style, picks said child up, scoots said child off back to the parents. Okay. Now holding this, side note, this is where our bad behavior comes in. Parents are off in a back corner slugging beers like there's no tomorrow great fine we are a brewery drink our beer however also keep an eye on the tiny person you got a lot of rules uh you know what i am the worst (laughs) um server takes child over to the table parents then say and i'm not kidding we are about to sue you get your owner over here so i go over to the table and i was like hi why are you gonna sue me he touched our child. I said, your child was in the way of a swinging door that was about to get them hit in the head. Nobody could come and go from the kitchen. Also, they were poisoning themselves with rock salt. We let him experience things. Would you like him to experience death? No? Then you're not going to sue me. And it just turned into this very, like, the bad behavior was the people being like, thank you for saving my kid's life. No. Instead, in Sue Happy America, I'm going to sue you. Because you picked my child up off of the dirty floor and saved him from getting his head whacked and also poisoning himself further. Are children allowed in Brother Chimp to sit on the floor and eat salt? No. Okay, right. just checking. Well, I suppose if they're supervised by their parent, it would be okay. Okay, we do just ask the parents supervise their children at all time. So if the parent is right there watching the child, as I will not As long as that parent is with. also eating Perfect. poisonous salt, then cool. But like... You can't just let your kid get poisoned and not poison your own self. That feels rude and inequitable. Of course, then I might have to sue them for emotional distress. Right. Oh, I like this. Let's throw the suing back. I I was an attorney in a Yeah, that's right. I did not sue, but... A nice (laughs) countersuit would be fun. (laughs) You're ruining the good name of Brother Chimp Brewing. By eating rock salt. You're bringing in a hazardous material to my shop and letting your child eat it. Oh, God. Yeah, I Look. like this. Suddenly, we've gone from Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer to Perry Mason, 2023. 1-800-CRAFTY for all your legal needs. That's right. We're like, <laughs> we're like drunk, better call Saul. Um, that's it. That's the episode. That's it. That, that's the way to stop. We, we are drunk, there better are. call Saul. Steve are. Newman was our guest. He is the owner and founder of Brother Chimp Brewing in North Aurora, Illinois. Go to brotherchimpbrewing.com. Thank you for being here. And thank you for having me. Oh, it was a, it was a pleasure. And please stay delightful. healthy. You're you've torn your tendons yeah, and your Achilles. Yeah. Well, I I think I'm out of tendons to tear in my ankle right. now, so I should oh, be good. Okay. Just, you know what? I know, I, know, I know you said yes. Cody, not quite, like, This one you can knock on wood. <laughs> Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer is produced by award-winning podcast producer Cody Goff. You can read our blog, grab some merch, check out episodes and get in touch with us all on our website 
craftybrewerspod.com. Do you have a brewery that you'd like us to talk to? Are you a brewer who would like to come on and have the fun that Steve had? You had fun, didn't you, Steve? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So, brewers, come on. Or do you have a myth you want busted? Maybe a story about bad customer behavior. Maybe your child ate a bag of rock salt and nothing happened to them. So, Catherine's being a wee bit hysterical. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you've I've got- never been called hysterical a day in my life. I said maybe. <laughs> anyway, you can send us a note on all of that at our email address, craftybrewerspod at gmail.com. Catherine, what else should the, the folks do? Fine folks uh, in the world, you should also follow us on all of your social platforms. Well, not all of your social platforms, two of them. Uh, we are on, wait a minute, one of them. We're only on Instagram because we haven't done anything else yet. We will get to that. We're on Instagram at crafty underscore brewers underscore pod. Uh, we can be found on all of your streaming platforms as well. And if you cannot get enough of our soothing tones uh, auditorially, hey. you can always tune into YouTube where you can see this in person. That's nice. Now, it if somebody nice. watches it, they should do something nice for us. They don't should you think? do something nice. And it, the answer is not eat more salt. Mm. The answer is you should rate us five stars. Even if you think we're only worth four, you should give us five. Yeah, just a little just, something for the effort. Right. Well, the fifth a star. something for the for the lighting. The fifth star goes to Cody. That's the four, great. four That's go right. to us, and then Cody gets Brian the fifth star. Brian can have star. three. I can have one. Cody gets one, wow. and that equals five. And then huh? if I could just say, visit your local brewery. Support yes. them. They need your love. Yes. All the brewers that come on here, we support. All the brewers that haven't been on yet, we, we like support. We like that very much. Go. These, these, if you like good beer, you better support these local breweries. Right. Or guess what? There's a mass-produced light beer in your future. Ew. Yeah. Deal with that. Join us next time on Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer, where we go from grain to glass with another fantastic craft brewer. Uh, For Crafty Brewers, she's Catherine Vallow. He's Brian. And any last words? Don't be the last remaining pip. Glad it's Night in the Pips. It's a pip reference. Motown. But did they whittle them down? Did they whittle them down? Was it like uh, Was there one just remaining at one point? Yeah, at one point it was a Gladys Knight and the Pip. And the Pip? pip. Yeah, there was a Gladys Knight showed up to a convention. It was supposed to be her and the Pips, and and like one Pip made it. So it was Gladys Knight and the Pips. Unreliable Pips. God, I hate an unreliable Pip. These are outtakes. (laughs) Relevant content. Is that what we're calling it now? (laughs) (laughs) 